I haven't told this story in a long time. It's not even that, uh, you know, I usually look for a really moving story from my life to share with you because, uh, you know, that way you're grabbed and you're into the sermon with me. Um, uh, but I used to tell regularly about my own challenges with uh, Northern Virginia traffic and driving. Uh, this has been many years ago because I no longer have any challenges because I don't drive uh, much. Uh, and when I do, there's nobody on the road. Uh, um, however, many years ago, I can still remember the exact spot I was driving in the F-150. And we were headed out into Falls Church, and uh, Hannah and Josh, little Hannah and Josh, were in the back seat of the F-150 as I was driving. And someone cut in front of us and nearly caused us to have an accident. And is often our case when we're afraid or uh, upset. We say inappropriate things, inappropriate things. I don't remember exactly what I said, which is probably good. Uh, but whatever I said, uh, a little voice came from the back seat of my car who said, you know, you know, Daddy, you just hurt God's feelings and the person in front of him. Now, I could dispute that information, except the information was the information I had given the child who called me out for it. I said, we don't call people names because it hurts God's feelings and the other person's feelings. And so uh, that little voice called out and said, you have hurt God's feelings and the person in front of you. And so you need to apologize to God, and you need to go and apologize to the person in front of you who just cut you off. Now, of course, we all know that's the last thing you want to do, get out of your car and go apologize to the other person. So I explained that at great depth and length. But hearing outside voices, hearing the little voices that nobody else hears sometimes is the hardest thing, the hardest thing to do. And that leads me into reading this uh, passage from Acts chapter 2. It's the passage for Pentecost. Um, and oftentimes, I'll just be straight with you, we get caught up in the first four verses of chapter 2, which are the pyrotechnics part. You know, we are all about pyrotechnics and effects. The more effects in a movie, the more likely you are to go and see it and be engaged in it uh, and be interested by it. And if they're not going to be good fireworks, then why go? You know, not, you know, not as many of us are interested in drama or comedy unless there's at least some kind of explosion somewhere. So I want you to listen to the pyrotechnics, but sort of gloss over the pyrotechnics of the first four verses, and then listen to what happens after that, because that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So here we go, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now... 
There were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. This is the word of the God, uh, God for this morning. Thanks be to God. A couple of things uh, to talk about on this. First of all, Pentecost really means 50th day. And it was a celebration. It was one of three celebrations that called for pilgrims to go up to Jerusalem. Uh, you know, we, we know Passover's one of them. Well, 50 days after Passover, uh, Pentecost. And it's a celebration, uh, a big celebration. Lots of folks were there from all over the world. Now, you might say to yourself, you listen to that list, uh, you know, and you think, there's some countries here I don't even know because they don't exist anymore. But they were everywhere. This was the whole world from the perspective of the writer of the book of Acts, from Luke's perspective. And they were all speaking different languages. Uh, but they all came because it was what was asked of them. But now suddenly they're hearing a message after all the pyrotechnics, which by the way, the only people who saw the pyrotechnics were all the disciples gathered in the room. There wasn't, they might have heard the sound and they might have, but the tongues of fire that rested on each one, by the way, everybody got a tongue of fire, not just the 11. Everybody got a tongue of fire, apparently. Um, but as they got ability, then they began to speak in languages they didn't have the ability to speak before. And as they did, people began to hear them. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know about this story because oftentimes we miss this too. Because we have such reverence for the apostles and those first people that gathered, and we think everybody has reverence for them. But they were all Galileans who, by the way, had a reputation for down-home country talking that nobody understood. Nobody, everybody said, oh, they're Galileans. <laughs> they're Galileans because, you know, they don't even know the language well. They don't speak language particularly well. You know, everybody looked down on them. They were nobodies. And the nobodies got the ability to speak in a way that Erudite people from all over the world understood what they were saying. They could hear them. They could hear them. Now, that doesn't mean that what they heard was what they wanted to hear. Because you notice at the very end of the story, as they began to hear it, you know, some people were amazed and perplexed. What does this mean? Others sneered and said, they're drunkards. They're drunk. 
We live in a time where there's a lot of sneering. There's a lot of sneering. If you're not in my group, I'm sneering at you, no matter what you say. And if I, you know, and you're sneering at me, no matter what I say. I could say the exact same thing. We could both go out in the front yard, look up at the sky and say, wow, that's a beautiful blue sky today. Only you sneer at me for saying it. I'll sneer at you for saying it because the way you say it or the intonation you said the blue, the color blue with, you know, makes me want to sneer. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. For the longest time, I thought the story of Pentecost was about the fireworks. Because I like a good firework. As far as I'm concerned, Disney World does it best. You know, we, every night. And, and they don't just do it in one place. They do it at Epcot. They do it at the Magic Kingdom. Periodically, they do it at some of the other ones. They never, I don't think they very often do it at all at Animal Kingdom because it really does, the animals don't like it. So, I mean, go and figure. Loud explosions nearby, not a happy thing. But uh, they do Fireworks right. And apparently God does fireworks right too. Because for the last 2,000 years, all we can talk about is the first four verses of that. And we miss verses 5 through 11. And why do we miss that? Because it's about breaking down walls by nobodies. Because suddenly the somebodies heard them. And they didn't hear them on their own. They heard them because God spoke through them. Now, you and I would know, and I say it every Sunday, and if I, I wish I didn't ever have to say that there aren't any nobodies to God, because there aren't. God doesn't have any nobodies, but we sure do, don't we? I don't know who your nobodies are, and I'm not going to give you a list of my nobodies, but I'm working on it, because if everybody is somebody to God, then I can't have any nobodies, and I'm sorry to tell you, neither can you. Even if the message comes from a little voice in your back seat that might carry no weight because she's a child or because they're Galileans who don't use proper English. And by the way, they didn't speak proper English back then. By the way, there was no English. No matter what you think, English did not exist but they didn't speak well. And they were the outsiders, the marginal, the edge folks, and it was from there that God's message came. It was from there that God's message came. Now some people sneered, but some people heard. And we're told a whole wicked ton of those believed what they had to say what they had to say. That God loved them enough to do everything possible to break down the walls, including speaking through Galileans. Including becoming one of us so that we might see that love looks like giving your life away to others and opening yourself up to others and hearing the story of others even if it makes you uncomfortable. 
I find that uh, the best way I can get someone to talk to me rather than argue with me, and believe me, I, I'm good at arguing. I, I, I used to really love arguing. Sometimes I just argue with myself because that's, uh, you know, it's, it's an adventure. But you know, if you really want to hear somebody talk to you and understand something about them, ask them to tell you how they got to be the person that they are. You know, if you happen to be a Democrat and you just want to hate Republicans, sit down with one and say, how did you come to believe the things you do about the Republican Party? What, what, what do you believe in? How did you get there? And if you're a Republican, sit down with a Democrat and ask the exact same question. How did you get here? What is it that draws you to this? And if you listen to the story, the funny thing is, I sit down with atheists periodically, and they tell me why they can't believe in God. I couldn't believe in the God that they believe in, that they think that they're shooting targets at either. But unless I hear from them what it is they don't believe in, I can't have a conversation with them. We are so busy being right that we cannot hear how wrong we are. We cannot hear one another. We cannot break down walls because we choose to see things our way only. God's eyes are so much bigger, and that's what Pentecost does. Pentecost says, watch the fringes, watch the edges, because I want to speak a new word to you. Oh, you think women can't speak the word of God? You better be watching out for one because they're about to tell you the truth, brothers and sisters. You think persons of color can't speak the truth? You better watch out. They might be speaking it to you right now. You think foreigners can't speak it? Oh my gosh. Maybe they're speaking it louder than anybody else. You see, the problem is we forget that the message of the gospel came from outsiders. They were outsiders. The established religion had lost track of what God was all about. And I wonder sometimes if the established religions of today haven't lost track what God's all about. But James, aren't you talking about St. James? Yes, I am, sisters and brothers. Sometimes we lose track about what this is all about. If I can't love every sister and brother, the ones that irritate the poop out of me, the ones that I can't believe live that way, act that way, are that way, the ones that flout the rules, aren't willing to wear their masks, the ones that do wear their masks, and sneer at the ones who don't. Sneering never got anybody anywhere. Just imagine, you know, when I think of sneering, I think of, uh, of Lucy. You know, she gets a good sneer on her face every once in a while. A comedic sneer. We are so busy sneering at each other that we cannot hear the truth spoken by those on the edges. The truth that we need to hear. The truth that breaks our walls. The truth that there is nobody who can't speak the truth. There are some people that choose not to. We're well aware of that. 
But could we learn to listen and hear? Could we not be among the group that sneers at a group that is different than us just because they say something different than what we wanted to hear? I will tell you that 20 odd years ago when those voices came from the back seat, that sweet little voice came from the back seat, I did not want to hear it. I just wanted to be angry at the person who cut me off. I could justify it. They, they endangered my life. They endangered the life of my children. They were in a little Mazda and I was in a Ford F-150. I could have squished them. And they almost made me. I can couch it in all sorts of terms and justify it any way I want to, but in the end, some things are wrong and some things are right. And sometimes I need to listen when I don't want to. And the only way we'll ever seriously solve problems is to listen for the voice of God coming from places we least expected. Do you know that 30 years ago today, Nelson Mandela was released from prison after 27 years, imprisoned. He was a political prisoner. He was a political prisoner. And I don't know if I've been in prison for 27 years, I'd be pretty bitter and ugly and mean and downright nasty. But he forgave the people who imprisoned him. But he also with Bishop Desmond Tutu, instituted the Truth Commission so that the wrongs that had been done would come to light. You, you can't expect to be forgiven for truths you don't tell. If you don't ever admit you were wrong, then how can you ever seek reconciliation and forgiveness? And that was the name of the commissions, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Because you've got to speak the truth first. You've got to hear it. Now, as a nation, we've got challenges. We don't know what to do with the pandemic, and we're in the midst of, of lamenting the loss of people. People are isolated and alone as they lament their loss of freedom, as they lament the loss of those they care about. I read stories about people who watch their loved ones die alone behind glass because they can't go in. There's a lot of pain. And it's not the only pain we face as a nation. Inequality, racism. I think God's speaking to us. And I think God's calling us out to love beyond the walls, to break down and listen to the voices of those we least want to hear. Most of the time, we least want to hear the people who are telling us the truth, but it's an uncomfortable truth, and it makes us uncomfortable. I didn't want to hear Hannah tell me that I was hurting God's feelings and the other person's feelings. I just wanted to say what I wanted to say. And if it hadn't have been that sweet little face in my backseat mirror that said those things to me, I might have snapped back. <laughs> but I heard. It took a long time to change that. But I heard. Can you hear the voices on the edges? 
Can you hear the Spirit moving amongst us, inviting us in this time to learn to love each other, to see each other with new eyes, to recognize that this pandemic can kill any one of us? It certainly has killed 100,000 of us. 100,000 Americans are dead now that weren't or might not have been, probably wouldn't have been. Of all ages, shapes, and sizes, disproportionately persons of color and the poor. But 100,000 of us are dead, and not a single one of us is expendable. We're all somebody's to God. We're all loved by God. Pentecost is about breaking the walls. Will you love better? I sure I'm going to try, but Lord knows. From the safety of my house, where Amazon delivers my food. How am I going to love best? How am I going to speak truth the best? And even more than speaking, God gave me two ears. How am I going to listen to the truth the best and respond to it? We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. We've missed the mark. That's what the Greek word means that we've translated as sin. We missed the mark. We missed the mark. But it doesn't mean we have to keep missing the mark. We could be transformed by the power of the Spirit blowing amongst us now. We can be different. And we can lead a way of being different among everyone else. That's what Pentecost did. A bunch of nobody Galileans that we know are not nobodies, but nobody else knew they were nobodies. A bunch of nobody Galileans preached a word and thousands came to believe who became our spiritual ancestors who laid the groundwork for us to do this thing we're doing this morning. Don't you think God can keep doing that thing? I sure do. Look at your life. Are you living in a silo? Do you only listen to people that agree with you? Do you have any conversations with people who are different than you? who see the world differently? Is it possible that sometimes it's not that they're wrong? <laughs> is it possible that sometimes you're wrong? Is it possible that I'm wrong? And is it possible I can be redeemed by the power of God's spirit? And even in the brokenness of missing the mark, God can use even me to make a difference. Pentecost. It's not in the pyrotechnics. It's in the everyday hard work of being God's people. In a world that just as soon hate each other for its own convenience. Love, sisters and brothers. Love. Love wins. You might be tired of me saying it because it sounds so namby-pamby, but love can win if we let it, person by person, 
individual by individual, action by action. We must stand up and stand with those who are most broken by our system and love, love.